0: Welcome to You Are The Guest, a weekly show where you can be the guest and tell people what you and your friends and neighbors think about news events and issues of the day. It's part talk show, part opinion poll, part reality show, and a whole lot of fun. And it's completely dependent upon your participation as a guest. To be considered as a guest for a future show, check out the website at www.youaretheguest.com for details. Now here's your program host,
1: Bill Grady.
2: Greetings from the great city of Fort Dodge, Iowa, and welcome to show number 24 of You Are the Guest, the show where we talk to everyday people just like you and me about their lives and about the issues of the day. Our guest today is a returning guest all the way from Australia. Peter Reddy, welcome once again to You Are the Guest. G'day, Bill. How are you? I'm wonderful. And we've got a lot of things to talk about. Let's do it then. Okay. First of all, we've been teasing everybody for the last few weeks that we're going to talk about Christmas in a different part of the world. But before we get to that, I want to talk about some headlines and some world events that uh, are of interest to our audience. Sure. So first of all, let's let's talk about from the average guy on the street in Australia, what their opinion is on what's been happening with the riots, especially when it comes to the beaches of Sydney.
0: (laughs) Why did I know you were going to ask me about that? That's um, a long story, <clears throat> and it's been going on for years. The, the riot last uh, weekend was just ahead. It's, it, it reached a point, breaking point, and that was what that was about. It started in the mid-'70s. Civil war in Lebanon. A lot of migrants came here, and I'm, you know, I'm not being anti-Muslim, and I'm not being anti-Lebanese, but there has been a lot of trouble over a lot of years. Caused by Lebanese youth gangs.
2: So has this just been it, coming to a head?
0: Yes. And what actually set that right off last weekend was some uh, teenage volunteer lifeguards, beach lifeguards, were assaulted on the beach by Lebanese youth gangs, and the the local community just said that's enough.
2: And so, what did they do?
0: Well, the the, the gang thing—it's oh, it's like I said—it's been going for years. It's petty crime. It's gang rapes, it's shooting at police stations, it's harassing people, telling girls on the beach in bikinis that they're sluts. Um, It's just, it's been going on and on and on and on. Unfortunately, when the local residents got together, that was fueled by alcohol. And when you get a mob and alcohol, it got a bit ugly. And I must admit, it did look a bit ugly on the television but the reprisal attacks from the Lebanese gangs have been going for a week they're just smashing up cars stabbing people shooting up schools burning down church halls and i don't think it's over
2: yet so where were the local authorities the local police authorities when all this stuff was going well, it was on ha- ha- f- for it, it was happening weeks. all
0: over the place oh, it's been it's not weeks bill it's been years it's there are so many factors that come into this you can't just put, you can't just blame any single thing. It's, it's political correctness, it's multiculturalism, it just goes on. <laughs> It's It's a very complex issue, and I
2: don't really know what the solution is. How do most Australians feel about this?
0: I think when they saw the, the locals rise up, I actually could sort of feel a cheer of, yeah, at last. That's the way my friends sort of talk about it. We're fighting back. We've had enough. We've drawn the line in the sand. Are people still going to the beaches? No. No, but this, this, the, the trouble, the reprisal attacks are all over the place. They, they're actually they're, they're putting out 1,500 new police, extra police this weekend. Um, like, I live about an hour north of Sydney. There's talk that there's going to be riots here. Um, when the, two days after the riots, when the reprisal attacks were happening, the police cordoned off Cronulla, which is where the, where you saw the thing on television. So the gangs moved to a different suburbs and started stabbing people. And there's a guy putting out his rubbish bins, and they clubbed him with a baseball bat.
2: It probably has a big effect on the economy, especially if you own restaurants and everything. So I, yeah, a, yeah, a lot of victims in rest- this.
0: Exactly. Look, I, I, I live I live out of Sydney, so I'm not seeing it directly. Although I'll be in Sydney tomorrow, um, but Sydney's a big place. Um, anyway, I think Cronulla is suffering, which is the beach suburb where a lot of the trouble happened. And I don't want to put Muslims down, and I don't want to put Lebanese down. Like, I I know I know Muslim people, and they're fantastic, and Lebanese people, and they'd give you the shirt off your back. It just seems to be. A small minority of them.
2: And they're just Uh, causing all the trouble, and people know about it. So you have to call a spade a spade.
0: Well, I saw a Muslim Islamic youth leader on the television the other day, and he said he sees the problem being that they think they're superior and they hate Westerners.
2: And so their solution is let's go just cause chaos.
0: Well, let's just be small-time terrorists, basically.
2: Let's talk about the uh, a Murdoch murder trial, because I've mm-hmm. been following that a little bit on the internet. For our audience that doesn't know much about that, what can you tell us about that murder trial?
0: Well, that was a a murder or an incident that happened in the Northern Territory, which is in the middle of Australia, which is extremely remote. Um, the story goes that the couple, boyfriend, girlfriend couple, were driving along, were were hailed to pull over by a guy. The male of the couple was allegedly shot. The girl ran, was bound, and, but got away, hid in the bushes in the dark, and escaped.
2: And did they ever find his body? Is that right? No, they didn't ever find his
0: body. In fact, the murderer was found guilty this week, and the judge asked him to reveal where the body was. Of course, the murderer is claiming his innocence.
2: Does the average Australian believe that he's innocent?
0: No. No, he seems like he's a pretty bad dude. He's drug runner. He was arrested for raping a 12-year-old girl. Um, he's been in jail. You know, he's got a, a record.
2: How about the fallout from the hanging of a Australian over in Singapore? We did a show a, a couple weeks ago with a young man from Singapore, and uh, he was... Really explaining how different the laws are in Singapore. What was the reaction in Australia after this man was hung in Singapore?
0: For that week, for like the weeks leading up to his execution, there was this constant story of asking for clemency and, you know, trying to get him off and. And it just intensified and intensified until the point like two days before where they realized there was nothing was going to happen. It was like a huge story. I've never seen a story so big in recent times. And then once the execution had happened, we got the funeral a few days later and that's it. Over.
2: Today, how are the Iraqi elections being received in Australia? Any feeling on on how people are receiving that information? They
0: are. It is uh, headline news but I don't think it's that big a story. It's interesting, Iraq is not the major story that it was when the war was at its peak, so to speak. I don't think, it's, I don't think they're talking about it around the water cooler, so to speak.
2: We've told a lot of people that we're going to be talking about Christmas, and so let's go ahead and do that because (laughs) one of of the promos that that, uh, you made for us was that, hey, when it's snowing here in Iowa, you you guys go to the beach. So first of all, one of the sayings that I've always used about Australia is that it's the land of sunshine and sharks. (laughs)
1: Let
2: me ask you this because when I think about sharks, I think about the movie Jaws. And I think about And I think about this thing in, in the movie they had, which was the shark bell. Do, do they have, actually have a shark bell on the beaches in Australia? They do have a shark
0: bell, and I have only ever heard it once. And I'll tell you a funny story. There was some friends of mine from Switzerland holidaying here, and they were particularly paranoid about shark attacks. And every time they went for a swim, I had to stand guard which just between you and me, I didn't <clears throat> and had to stand guard for them while they went swimming. So one day we go to Maroubra beach and they're swimming and the shark bell went off. And of course the lifeguards run down and call everyone out of the water. And it's unbelievable. I've never heard the shark bell in my life, but it, <laughs> it just reinforced to them that the, you know, this terrifying shark infestes waters of Australia.
2: So how long did it take for you to clean out
0: your shorts? I, you know, there was no, I didn't see any shark. There, there are actually shark nets along all the beaches of, of Sydney. It's really safe. There are, there are, in fact, more shark attacks in the United States than there are in Australia, but let's not spoil the magic.
2: Let's talk about food for Christmas, because a lot, a lot of times here we, we drink eggnog, uh, there's turkey, there's ham. What do people eat In Australia when it comes to Christmas?
0: Well, it's changed. When I was a child, we did the traditional hot Christmas lunch thing and mum would be in the kitchen, you know, sweating and it's like 110 degrees outside. Where now it's swung around to a more seafood type of Christmas where people eat a lot of prawns and cold meats and sort of more have picnics and Swim in the pool or go to the beach.
2: It almost sounds a little bit like 4th of July here, but that would be because of, obviously, the weather.
0: Well, I was looking at your weather uh, before we did the show, and you've got a little bit of snow falling at the moment.
2: We do. And we, we've hmm. had that over the last few days, and it, it continues to pile up. But as most people will, will tell you, and I was having this conversation with somebody yesterday is that most people really like a white christmas we've had green I'd love to say one we've had green christmases and we've had brown christmases for the, but for the most part people like snow at christmas we just want it to go away the day after
0: <laughs> we the, the, the insane thing here is we still sing all the carols and all the christmas cards have snow on them and and we buy fake snow and put fake snow on our windows and fake snow on our Christmas trees. And Santa Claus still wears the huge, uh, you know, woolen outfit. And, and it's 110 degrees. It's
2: insane. Have you ever seen snow? Because that, that seems kind of odd that you've got snowflakes and, and everything, but you don't really have a snowy season.
0: Well, we do have a tiny area of Australia, which is kind of on the New South Wales-Victorian border. Uh, you may have heard the man from Snowy River movie. And yes. Snowy Mountains is where, funnily enough, there's snow. Uh, it's, t- it's only a tiny area. We do have a ski season. Um, and yes, I've seen snow, but only, I think, mm, twice in my life.
2: Have you ever made a snowman? Yes, I've made a snowman. Have you ever made a snow angel? No, I've never heard of a snow angel. What a snow angel <laughs> is, is that you you lie in the snow, you just fall over, and your back is in the snow, and then you wave your arms up and down to kind of give yourself wings in the snow. And that's how <laughs> you make a snow angel. <laughs> Hmm, that sounds very zany. And remind me, to I'll tell you the story about when I was a kid, we used to bean cars with snowballs. Let me ask you about this, the change of seasons. When has that come about in Australia?
0: Well, that's an interesting thing. Where The rest of the world, the seasons change on the 21st of the month. In Australia, our seasons change on the 1st. So that means where you guys go into winter, December twenty-one, where we should go into summer. Our summer actually starts on December the first, and the reason for that is because when the uh, British colonies started here, the the British troops wore woolen uniforms. Now, because they couldn't change into their summer uniforms until the season officially changed, and because it was so hot, they moved the. They moved the season change to the beginning of the month so they could get out of their woolen uniforms.
2: What's the favourite beer in Australia? Oh,
0: it's a, that's a funny thing. It depends on what state you live in. For example, in Queensland, it's 4 um, oh, i I'm not a, the person who asked that question because I don't drink beer. Yeah. Um, but yeah. the, it's, there's a very, the beer culture varies from state to state. They actually call... When you go to the pub to buy beer, um, the glasses are called, the sizes of the glasses are called different things in different states. One state it might be called a pot, and another state it's called a schooner for the same size glass.
2: Here in America, they push Foster's beer. How is that received?
0: Foster's is something that is perceived as an Australian beer, and it is an Australian beer, but I don't think a lot of people drink
2: it. How about American beers? What what are they drinking in Australia? Do they drink any imports? You,
0: s- you do see um, Budweiser and Coors in the in the uh, f- you know f- cooler fridges at bottle store liquor stores. Um. Yeah, I suppose Budweiser because it's got such a recognisable can.
2: What's New Year's like in Sydney? <clears throat>
0: huge, huge. We do. Every year we do a huge fireworks display on the harbour and it normally attracts over two million people. And this fireworks display goes for miles. You, it starts at one end of the harbour and goes maybe 20 miles up to the other end of the harbour. So it doesn't matter where you're situated and the many vantage points along the shore that you'll get to see the show. Even, even I live, in, like I said, an hour north of Sydney I can see the big ones up in the sky from where I live. Um, quite, And they used the bridge a lot, the Harbour Bridge, as a prop. I remember seeing the uh, 1988 bicentenary fireworks, and this was the very first time they actually used the Harbour Bridge as a prop. And they set off these fireworks, and it looked like someone had detonated the bridge like you see in a war movie. And to hear two million people go, oh! was something I will never forget.
2: Here are the final five questions from the last time that we talked. What are some of your I wish I would have said that things?
0: Oh, you asked me about natural disasters, and I forgot to say bushfires. Uh, I live in the bush, and one of the big things around this area is bushfires. There was one a few days ago in the distance, there was a huge pall of smoke. Um, I will be driving through there tomorrow, so I'll know a bit more about it. But there are some seasons where it is terrifying.
1: Um,
0: The sky is just full of smoke, you can't see. On the odd occasion there are like burning, burnt leaves spiraling out of the sky, falling down. Um, And these are huge, huge bushfires that last weeks and weeks. Destroy houses and stuff
2: like that you've got to sleep with one eye open is there such a thing as a brush fire bell or siren or or is it just every man for themselves
0: It's every man for themselves, and you 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 know about it <laughs> when there's a bushfire on, you know about it. you could probably smell it coming huh exactly e- even when you can't see it you sm- like they do burning off they do the the, the rural fireboard up here do burning off. And sometimes you can just smell it. It always reminds me of those, you know, those little American gophers or something. And they stick their head up out of the ground, and look around. I don't know what they're called, but it's sort of, <laughs> you know, when when you get that smell, you go, Ooh, Ooh, mm-hmm, you start looking around, like, what is that? You know, you know it's a bushfire. We call them
2: prairie dogs. Prairie That's dogging. That's the one. That's the one. Question number four. In the United States, we have Mardi Gras, and there is some questions about Mardi Gras for this upcoming year because of the, the state of New Orleans, but is there anything like Mardi Gras in Australia? Yes, there is. There is Mardi Gras, Mardi Gras. <clears throat> well, it's the Gay and Lesbian Mardi
0: Gras. It's in Sydney. It's, in, it's held in the beginning of March or middle of March. It's a huge event, huge maybe 6 700,000 people attend and um it's a gay pride thing huge floats you know like um maybe not quite to the extent of mardi gras in rio but it's a big event we should do a show from there let's let's see if we can do a sh- I can do a show from there for you
2: well that could be interesting very interesting it indeed could be. <laughs> We might it have to spend some, spend a lot of time editing that particular one.
0: Well, you yeah, know, I wouldn't mind getting in the crowd there. I've, I, it's been many years since I've been to one, um, but gee, they're great fun. And the the crowd is predominantly straight.
2: Really? Yeah. People take their kids along. It's almost a family friendly gay pride parade.
0: Yes, family. It's not exactly family, but. It's certainly good fun. It's just a huge party.
2: Can you describe the national park where you live? Mm, It's
0: huge. Well, the national park I live in is, I should know this, how many, it's 3,000 hectares. And I don't know what that is in acres. But it's part of a mass of national parks that are all joined. Like between me and Sydney, which is about 50 miles. It's one huge national park, basically. So I've got this huge buffer between me and the four million people that live in Sydney.
2: What's an Australian slang word or a saying that you could teach us today? <laughs> Bugger. And that means or translates to? Uh,
0: that, there's, there's a variety of meanings, but it's basically like saying, oh, damn. Or can I say, oh, shit? Like, oh, bugger. When you drop something, you know, when you drop your toast and it falls buttered side down, you go, ah oh, bugger.
2: And finally, what's your wish for the world in the upcoming new year?
0: That if people can just let their anger go, just for a little while, just let the anger subside.
2: Peter, it's time to play Ask Bill 3. This is where... I'm going to turn the microphone over to you, and you can ask me three questions about anything. So fire away. Okay. Well, we've all heard the term Yanks or Yankees. Where does that come from? (laughs) Sure, ask me something I don't know. Um, It's obviously something to do with the Civil War. Yeah, and (laughs) I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's where it originates. It, It originates from the Civil War the American South used that term to really describe anybody that lived in, to the North. So without being a historian to know the exact version of that, that's the earliest that I know of that it was used was during the Civil War. Mm-hmm. But
0: you don't, you don't know the origin.
2: I do not. But that would be an interesting thing to find out on the Internet. Sure. It would be. I recently found out what Dixie come, where Dixie comes from. And it comes from where?
0: It becomes from the Cajun area where the $10 note had DI on one side and X on the other. DI for 10 in, in Latin or French and X for 10 in Latin on the other side. So it was the land of Dixie because they had the $10 notes
2: with dicks on them. Most people would think that's a cup.
0: Well, that's the story of, 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 of I wish I was in Dixie. okay my next question is on your television news every year coming up to christmas do you have the story about the dangerous band
2: toys absolutely and they (laughs) usually start somewhere about the first week after the big retail shopping season starts and Black they've got Friday. they've got the you know the consumer reports and all that stuff and yeah then it's all all of a sudden after people have bought these toys they're rushing back to the store to return them because somebody saw the bad report on this particular toy. How about in but Australia?
0: Is, yeah, we get them too. I wonder is there this factory you know bad toys are us where they're saying oh no Frank we've got to make those parts a bit smaller. <laughs> Gotta choke the kiddies. That doesn't break sharpener. Every year there's more and more dangerous toys.
2: But the amazing thing is that they have to buy those toys in March. They're not like buying them in October so they can put them in the stores in November. Somebody has bought those toys in the springtime so they can show up and have enough of them made by the time Christmas shows up. So that that just shows you the sheer volume of how many things businesses are buying for Christmas that they just can't screen at all.
0: But it just seems amazing that every year there's this new list of danger toys.
2: So what's the biggest list or what's the biggest danger toy in Australia today? Do you know?
0: There was this Fisher-Price, or uh, 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 a rip-off of a Fisher-Price xylophone with pieces that broke sharp and could gash your child. And there's always the lots of little bits that they can choke on. Are we ready for question three? I'm ready for
2: question number three.
0: Now, this is going to sound so corny, I know, but what do you want
2: for Christmas? Ooh, my two front teeth. (laughs) no that that, really that's an old joke that's an old joke um what would i like for christmas um uh, you know oddly enough the 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 big thing that i have on my list this year is an ipod you know if i if i had that magical you know here's if you could have anything you know a worldly Mm -hmm. possession uh for christmas uh, i would definitely get a ferrari if if I mm-hmm. could have a, a red Ferrari in the driveway, that would make the year complete. Yeah. How about you? What's, what's your, if money was no object, Christmas gift that uh, Santa could bring to you?
0: Ooh, I wouldn't mind going into space, I think.
2: Were you a big fan of the, the space programs when you were a kid?
0: Oh, yeah, loved it. Loved it. I quite often watch NASA TV on the net, where it's fascinating. You can actually watch them in space, in real time. You know, doing the work on the satellites and stuff, and see the Earth floating down below. Incredible.
2: When I was a kid, I was a big collector of anything space. I was I every year for Christmas, I wanted a robot, or I remember these toys called Major Matt Mason astronaut in space, and, and I always wanted something from that collection. So space to me when I was a kid was, was a big, big deal.
0: It's funny, just the other day, as a treat for myself, I bought the second series of Lost in Space on DVD.
2: I still have my <laughs> Lost in Space robot. Ooh, can
0: I play with it?
2: No. He's, <sighs> he's safely in a box somewhere. Let me ask you this. What was your favorite christmas gift as a kid Hmm.
0: i can (laughs) i can remember an incident when i was about five where i had told santa that i wanted this big swing set and i remember i can still remember this so vividly Uh, jumping out of bed on christmas morning and running into the front yard mind you i'm we're we're staying at my grandmother's at the time and running into the front yard and there was no swing set. And I ran to the backyard, and there was no bloody swing set. <laughs> there was no swing set. It's funny, that's a dis- Christmas disappointment. I remember that.
2: But there must have been something or or sometime that Santa really came through for you.
0: Um, nothing's coming to mind. I really can't remember anything.
2: Did he ever give you a lump of coal? Uh, Put some... <laughs> up <laughs> put coal in your stocking,
0: uh, isn't that funny? I cannot remember one Christmas sort of thing from my childhood. Isn't that
2: funny Peter? Thank you so much for being a return guest on you are the guest, and once again, do you wanna tell folks how they can find you on the on the website and look at your Shh. fantastic art because it it is some great stuff i I just love looking. At what you have to offer?
0: Uh, You can just Google me. That's Peter Reddy, R-E-D-D-Y. Google me. I'm top of the list. And check out my site. I always love
2: people looking at my work. Peter, thanks again, and Merry Christmas. Thanks, Bill. See you later. Hello, I'm Wichita Rutherford from Five Minutes with Wichita, and I'm here to tell you about the Podcast 411 podcast. Now, Rob, he interviews other podcasters to find out what they've learned about doing a podcast, and it's been described as... Inside the Actor Studio, except in this for podcasts. His past guests include Adam Curry, he's the podfather, Senator John Edwards, C.C. Chapman, P.K. and J., Bibb and Yaz, yes, Chris Rockwell, and yours truly, Wichita Rutherford. That's just naming a few of them. Now, if you want to learn more about podcasting or podcasters, then you go over and visit them at podcast411.com. And remember,
3: listen different with Podcast 411. It's just so precious. Do you really know if your advertising is working for you? Hi, this is John Bishkey from LearnOutloud.com, where people go to enrich their lives and become better at things that are really important to them. When you come to LearnOutloud.com, you'll find the largest selection of educational resources that you can listen to at your convenience and on your schedule. One of our titles that I'd like to recommend to you is Bill Grady's audio seminar titled, How You Can Create Advertising That Really Works. It's a very common sense approach to answering all the questions that many small business owners have when it comes to doing advertising effectively and efficiently. And the best part about Bill's audio seminar is that it comes with a money back guarantee. For more information on Bill Grady's How You Can Create Advertising That Really Works, go to learnoutloud.com forward slash Bill Grady. Learnoutloud.com, changing the way the world learns. Time to
2: wrap up our Christmas edition. Show 24 of you are the guest with two songs from the Pod Podshow Podsafe Music Network. Up first is Natalie Brown with her rendition of Jingle Bells followed by Jill Parr with O Come All Ye Faithful From the great city of Fort Dodge, Iowa I'm Bill Grady Thanks for listening And Merry Christmas
1: Dashing through the snow I find
2: Music provided from the Podsafe Music Network. Check it out at music.podshow.com.